Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Flying Solo Podcast, a show for those going it alone in business. If you're working solo or have dreams of starting up, you'll find support, inspiration and advice at Australia's largest and liveliest small business community. Find us at flyingsolo.com.au or join us on Facebook. Here's your host, Robert Gerrish. Hello and welcome to another Flying Solo podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. If you're listening via iTunes, please consider leaving a short review of the show. And don't forget, we welcome comments and discussion on Facebook or via the page this show has on flyingsolo.com.au. Now, our guest today is Lee Dunsford, a finance specialist experienced in asset funding and international trade finance. He's a contributor and advisor with Loandesk, a service that lets you compare and ultimately match with around 50 Australian small business lenders. And you may well have seen his profile around Flying Solo. We're going to look at the changing face of small business loans. Hey, Lee, thanks for joining us. G'day, Robert. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Well, look, you know, to the to the casual observer right now, it, it's sort of, and I, I put myself in that category, um, it does seem that we've we've never kind of had it so good when it comes to options for finance, options for finding finance. Is this really the case? And may, well, maybe you could start off by giving us a little a little bit of a snapshot of the loan industry as you see it. Yeah, sure. So um, I guess when we say uh, businesses have never had it so great up until mm. now, um, you could probably have a few arguments for and against that. And certainly, sure. yeah, yeah, definitely SMEs um, in this space probably have uh, very strong mixed opinions, mm. um, especially when, it's, uh, when it comes to, I guess, more traditional type um, funding from banks or the likes. Sure. Um, outside of banks, there is definitely a new uh, emergence of alternative funding options which um, are coming online and have certainly um, had some huge successes in the UK and US market. Um, and we've seen a gradual growth in the last two years um, of, of options um, opening up for SMEs. And I guess one of the, I guess the key key things happening at the moment is SMEs aren't really aware of these options that are existing mm. in the marketplace. Well, I think it's, it's it, there just seems to be so much coming at us. I, I find the whole thing a bit confusing, to be honest, which is kind of why we're talking. That's right. Mm. I, it, the confusing thing is, is that, um, which we'll probably touch on later, but obviously commercial lending or the SME type lending space is a completely unregulated industry. Mm. Um, and that certainly means that um, you know, if you do a quick Google search for business loans at the moment, um, you'll you'll come across a myriad of uh, business lenders that are offering their services, uh, and it's becoming effectively a minefield um, of of options. I mean, they all sound great, they sound compelling. It's very easy to get a loan. It's you know one click and have some money. Um, right. You know, and effectively they they they're just not regulated in the way that they can, um, I guess, advertise their rates like a bank would. 
would be. And mm. so I guess sifting through those options now is becoming um, – that's the challenge, I guess, That's isn't it? That's the challenge. I mean, look, it's fantastic to have all these great new options and all these access to funding, um, but it doesn't actually make it easier to distinguish between which lending option is the right one. No, okay. So what you're saying is it's kind of, yes, it might be easier, you know, click the button and you get the money. That that aspect is easier. But um, working out who we should actually be borrowing from and the terms of those kind of loans, that's, that's the challenge from what you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. And... I mean, look, an SME approaching a bank knows that they're pretty safe in, in the way that a bank assesses a loan and they assess your, I guess, affordability and whether or not you can make, meet those repayments. And mm. that's why banks um, obviously have the most attractive rates in the market because they do lend to companies that, um, I guess, have good financials in place, um, good accounting, um, and certainly are profitable. And the yeah. rates reflect that. And so, outside of the banking system, um, you're also you're you're getting lenders pop up that obviously have more relaxed criteria, um, may not have the same credit criteria in place. So they may yep. allow businesses that could have a few blemishes on their credit rating, or may not be showing profitability. And certainly, SMEs are probably going to pay a bit higher for that privilege mm. to to borrow that money. Let me. Just, I'll just take you back to the you know you mentioned about um, lack of regulation, and clearly that's mm. you know sets off all kinds of uh, you know warning bells. Um, it, are we in Australia? Are we are we lagging behind in that respect? Do we have do we do you observe regulation that is happening uh, in other countries, and and is it inevitable that it will come here? Look. Commercial lending on a whole has always been, uh, I guess, a free market. So the market determines its own rates by competition from other lenders fighting amongst themselves to get more market share from SMEs. Mm. Um, Alternative lending in the UK has certainly had some regulation come in place, and that's just recently in the last 12 months. um, They are putting a regulated body in place to, I guess, I guess, protect SMEs from unfair contracts um, yep. outside of bank lending. Um, just recently, the US, um, in the US, uh, the I think it's uh, Obama's former top business advisor has just um, said that they're warning that there could be a potential another credit bubble in the SME lending space. Right. Um, and that's alternative lending sources outside of banks again. Yeah. Uh, and they're calling for some possible regulation however they're quickly quick to say well you know the issue with over regulating these industries is that it could potentially cut out lending altogether and these lenders may walk away from the industry so yeah it's it's one of those chicken and egg things isn't it we on the one hand we sort of need it on the other hand there are a a number of people in small business that Mm. you know would probably not get a well clearly would not get a a loan from a bank but um can certainly convince someone else that um the risk is uh, that they're they're wishing to take is is an acceptable one but yeah so what i mean um you know what what do you see currently as the as the main sort of uh risks from a from a small business owner perspective, I mean, clearly rates is one thing. You know, you're going to get stung on rates potentially. Mm. What else should we be looking at? I mean, I know that, um, you know, I don't want to turn this into an ad for loan desk, but you no. know, I, I know that, we, you know, <laughs> within all. within your business, you clearly have a good look at, you know, kind of who you've got on there. But mm. what are the, some of the traps that um, as, as business owners we should really be looking out for? What are some of the signals? 
the key traps that we see are business owners, I guess what I like to say, taking the path of least resistance, mm. um, and that is too quick to jump into a loan that um, is seemingly very easy to access and not fitting that loan with, I guess, the cash flow cycle of their business. So exactly. what I mean by that is you might be a retailer um, and you might have regular deposits coming in um, or you might be a, a, a restaurant and you might not have uh, – you might get peaks in trading on the weekends um, and that might not suit certain types of lending products which – um, some of them in the market at the moment are they're requiring uh, daily repayments of principal and interest, which is um, okay. which is amazing. You know, you, and if you can imagine if you've got a peak in trough in between, then you may miss some payments and fall into some traps in uh, late payments wow. and, and whatnot. I couldn't bear, couldn't bear the thought of daily repayments. Well, my it's, goodness. it's yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's it's it does sound pretty intense when you think mm. about it. Um, and then there's other options out there for business owners that need to match. Um, to financing products which suit their, I guess, peaks and trough. And some businesses have very lumpy seasonal peaks, so they might only sell a lot of stock in winter or they might have a very strong summer period. And and if they borrow a loan that requires heavy repayments history or short tenures of loans like six months um, and stock doesn't turn into cash flow within that time enough to repay the loans, and they can get caught out as well. So they need to have a proper conversation with an advisor or or, yeah, okay. or someone that can plan that before, I guess, jumping online and going, oh, you know, I've just been approved for 100 grand over four months or five months, mm. then I'm just going to jump in and take that before really considering. And I guess what outcome. we, you know, this is this is probably a very naive comment, but mm. what we what we mustn't do then as business owners is, is assume that the person sitting the other side of the desk um, is going to draw these potential risks and traps to our attention because they're surely not. Because this this often is how some of the not not hopefully the people that you've got with you, but yeah. you know these are how some of those companies make their living, isn't it? Is by people falling into um, you know falling into debt and, and not being able to pay their loans. So it's mm. it's kind of real buyer beware stuff. And I guess also what I heard from what you're saying there is if it looks too good, uh, it probably is. We just it need to be, be cautious, don't we? That's a good point you make there, Robert. Um, most, my, I mean, look, look, the lenders we certainly have on board, I mean, they, they do lend quite responsibly and the mm. reason why they do is because they obviously have an obligation to make sure that their loans are going to be repaid. Um, but it can only go so far and I would – and, you know, this is not an ad for loan desk, but I'm just mm. – there is – with – the the faster access to funding coming online and SMEs getting easier access, there's also an emerging market of loan brokers, which are, I guess, getting around town. And this goes back to subprime lending as well previously when there was the GFC. And it seems to be creeping in a little bit in the SME lending space where finance brokers that might be getting rewarded with extremely high commission rates for referring certain types of loans may um, inadvertently, you know, favour one type of Mm. lending product over another. I'm not sure it's it's so inadvertent, but I know what you mean. Yeah, Yeah. and and I'm trying to put it a little bit softer. Yeah, okay. Um, And may may obviously go and put a borrower with a lending product, which is just wham, bam, I got my commission and move on to the next borrower. Mm. Um, And instead of sitting down with the the lender, oh, sorry, the the borrower and figuring out, you know, well, 
if you're a retailer or you're a manufacturer or you're a wholesaler or you're a service provider, what type of cash flow do you have and whether or not a six-month automatic direct debit type repayment daily, weekly, monthly is going to suit you or something that is, um, I guess, a, what we call a, pre, a, a prepaid and capitalised loan, which you might take out the loan and it's not repayable in full until the 12-month period is up with no repayments in between. Okay. So mm, I can see that appealing to certain businesses, but mm. you know, you wouldn't want to get to 10 months and um, be realising you just haven't got a hope in hell of paying it. That's correct. Mm. That's correct. And tell me, what, what typically, um, what sort of stage of the life cycle are, are, are small businesses at when they're coming for a loan? Is it, you know, immediately people think, oh, it must, well, maybe they don't, but some people think, well, it, you know, it's startups, it's people starting a business. But I'm guessing that's probably not the case, is it? Where, where are they in the cycle when, when they need money? Yeah, there's certainly in the one to two year period, that's where you, we see a huge amount of businesses taking loans in that in that position. And okay, so early stage, but not complete startup. They're, they're right. ticking over. Yeah, so they're able to prove that they can sell widgets and yep. they can manage their business to the point that it's got enough cash flow to come in to service um, some kind of debt that the business might need to take on. Um but yeah. generally, the reason why it's between the one to two year point, and it's very clear to us, um, obviously, because we've got a lot of data that backs it up, is um, businesses, once they get past that startup hurdle of a year, they've got cash flow coming in, they go to approach a bank, they might not yet be showing strong profit because they're investing everything back into the business. Probably showing no profit in a lot of Probably, cases. In yeah. most cases, no profit. Mm. Um, they go to the bank, the bank says, look, come back when you're you're actually booking a profit on your yearly financials. Um, and so generally the businesses that we're helping are the businesses that need to get, yes, a more expensive type of funding in between. However, it's, a, I guess, a stepping stone into getting traditional funding, which comes after that one yeah, to two okay. period. So it's like a bit of a gap filler and then they may well go back to a bank and saying, okay, well, I did that. Um, yeah, okay. So, and typically are businesses coming to you um, when they're in a, a sort of in a, a position of crisis or are they coming to you more so when it's a kind of level-headed plan for growth? I mean, where's the split? What sort of... I would say we get um, 30% businesses that are in a, in a strong growth cycle. Um, yes. They might... We do get a lot of businesses that are looking for bank-type funding, and we do obviously refer them out to different um, of the top four banks to, to continue that funding cycle. But more often than not, the businesses that we are helping are the businesses that have got themselves in a position where they've run out of time mm. and they may not have um, enough resources or obviously, like I just said, time. Timing is a big issue with SMEs. Um, like yesterday I had a phone call, business owner rings up and says, well, I have – I've been working on an order for $520,000. It's from a Chinese mine um, and I need to raise some capital to pay suppliers and um, I need to go into production literally in the next two weeks. Wow, okay. So, so that, that's, that's kind of a, a crisis one, but it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a trading cycle issue in that instance. It's basically right. I've got to prepare for this even though the money's not here yet. So, mm-hmm. And I guess a lot of these... You know, a lot of these must be, um, in those sort of instances, are businesses that have just really not 
foreseen what's happening? I mean, in your experience, is this? I mean, do you, do you still to this day kind of roll your eyes and get surprised, or is it is it generally impossible in many cases for businesses to foresee these kind of um, challenges that they and difficult positions they get into? Yeah, look, there's definitely a big mix in that area. I mean, there's certainly the business owner that I guess uh, hasn't planned or is undercapitalized for the growth that they're experiencing. And that usually just comes in the form of they're dealing with a bunch of suppliers that um, don't offer credit terms or they may have reached their credit um, limits with their suppliers and now the suppliers are asking for payments up front and that doesn't match the payments coming in from their customers or Mm. their stock turn. So the time it takes them to turn that dollar out the door on stock into a sale of a dollar, another profit coming back into yep. to operate the company. Um, and then going back to that example I just talked about, the Chinese mine, um, That's that we see that continually, issues like that. And that can stem from trading cycle issues. Um, a single concentrated customer for a big amount may be slow to pay or could potentially go into dispute, something like that. Yep. Um, and there's also some taxation issues as well. Um, some SMEs fail to pay their tax on time and that creeps up on them and mm. all of a sudden, you know, the ATO is knocking on the door saying, well, where is you've it? Got, you've got to pay a lump sum and yeah. thinking, well, <laughs> I can't, I need to, I need to act fast to, to keep the ATO happy while trying to juggle. Yeah, it's tricky, isn't it? Because, you know, when you're talking about businesses that are in, in a lot of those cases and are in their early stages is, is often that's the time when, Unfortunately, in you know my experience of meeting a number of people at that stage is is you can't in many cases you can't tell those business owners anything, you no. know because they're in their eyes unbreakable and the world is just poised to you know give all their money to this business. Mm-hmm. Passion is brimming to its maximum, mm-hmm. um, but often what I think what what none of us do is we're just we're just not realistic enough when it comes to how long is it going to take for that first kind of dollar to come in you know and often it's a damn sight longer than you think um and then you've got you know all these payment terms issues and so many things but it's hard to get this across to people when they're in the early stages of business i mean do you find are you are you increasingly um or or, or do you wish you were but perhaps you're not yet but would you like to be sort of getting to business owners earlier you know would you like to be do you think as part of um, the whole kind of startup process, we should be putting a lot more thought into cash flow and money. Yeah, look, that that's sort of surprising you got to that topic because that's something we've always looked at. Um, and we've also had some major discussions with um, a big industry body about putting something like that in place. Mm. However, we found that SMEs, and this goes back slightly to what you were just saying about we're unbreakable, you know, we've got the passion, we're rolling, it's, you know, everything's going to be great, nothing's ever going to fail because yeah. we're growing. Um, the businesses in the one to two year stage, a lot of them will turn around and say, well, I don't need your help. Um, mm. I don't mm. want to sit down and plan this out because whatever I'm doing it's right now It's not going to happen to me, yeah. Yeah, whatever I'm doing right now is working and there is no way that I'm going to ever have an issue with supply, slow payments tax, um, juggling, accounting, you know, 
the list of oh, debt retailers, dead stock, oversupply. It's mm. the list goes on. It's you know running a business is extremely difficult. It's it, mm. you know if you're not keeping a close um, you know you, a laser guided eye on it, it's, it can really get away from you. Well, of course, and and as we you know we both know from working with a number of small businesses is is often the the passion and drive is. Uh, can come from a marketing position or a product design and development position much more so than finance. You know, mm. so many cases, finance is is the bit that we naively think is going to sort of look after itself, and um, you know, sadly, in many cases, it doesn't. Um, another topic I'd just like to to quiz you on, which I hadn't primed you on this at all. Yeah. Um, where I was going to go with questions, but what's your whole view of this? The whole kind of Kickstarter type um, process you know where people are saying hey this is what i'm going to do buy in early you know it's what, what's your what's your opinion of that is it something that comes up within the you know when you loan guys go and have a drink yep. together is it <laughs> is it a topic that's discussed um it's it's certainly look it's not really on our radar i do believe in the kickstarter program i i think it's a great a great initiative however i think the the sobering truth is that Kickstarter campaigns and, and the like um, are definitely reserved for the more popular type of um, ideas or, I guess... Um, yeah, okay, I know what you mean, sort of groundbreaking, innovative mm, sort mm. of things, yes. Well, they certainly don't work for, well, you probably say more than 90% of the SME population in australia and that is um you know the the standard type industry i mean mm. you're not going to put a kickstarter campaign on there because you're now manufacturing widgets to wholesale into no, you know, not. beauty shops um it's it's going to be difficult but if you are building a new hoverboard yeah you'll um <laughs> no fair point it's it's more for the uh, the sexy shiny new objects isn't it more, certainly, more so certainly. than existing yeah but okay great initiative um yeah well, I guess, like you know, like it just shows that um, every industry is is being um, disrupted to some extent, and you know, clearly, your own industry is, and um, and you're obviously you've positioned yourself well within that mm-hmm. disruption, and, and are indeed you know part of of it of the disruption. But um, so, looking for looking ahead, then just to kind of wrap us up. So, yes, we've got a we've got an industry that's. Um, unregulated and that may or may not change but it's not going to change anytime soon but clearly there's a very distinct message from you which is buyer beware is you know it just because it's easy to get doesn't mean that you should be getting it so we we need to be thinking and i guess that's again not not trying to turn this into an ad but that's one of the whole points of what you do at loan desk is you assess a whole variety of lenders and I guess what we'd both also say is whatever you do, you know, when you get close to something, get ideally someone else to kind of run their eyes over it. Is there anything else that you particularly to, to close that you think we should be considering or anything else that we should be particularly aware of? Yeah, look, I mean, from a helicopter point of view, when a business owner is looking for a loan, um, they really need to ensure that they've really properly assessed what the real true cost of that loan is going to be. That's one of the main factors that I shake my head out every day. Um, I will see a borrower go for a loan, get approved for something which is reasonably priced, and then they'll find a loan that um, maybe says that it's only going to be 
uh, costing them, you know, $10 a day. But the other rate, the other loan will say, well, the interest rate's 18% per annum. And they'll think, well, geez, 18% per annum is very expensive, but the $10 a day loan seems very cheap. Mm. And so they go for the $10 loan, $10 a day loan, when in fact, the actual true uh, annualized interest rate on the $10 a day loan repayment is probably more like 70% versus 18%. And yep. so it's an easy trap to fall into. It's a very simple sales technique that some lenders do use. Um, and so it, it's all about getting the, the true cost of the loan, pricing it up over the period that you have to repay it in and annualizing that rate. Um, and it's certainly easy to do that. They can jump on Google and talk about how to calculate they sure. called APRs or annualized percentage rates. Okay, well, that's, <laughs> that's a very good point because it is, as you say, it's so it sounds so attractive, you know, ten dollars mm-hmm. a day. But um, as you say, we've got to, we've just got to sit there and do some due diligence yeah. And, yeah. and have a look at the figures. It's certainly not the most sexiest topic in the world, business loans, but... <laughs> oh, look, I think you've made a good stab at making it sexy, so uh, thank, <laughs> thank you for joining us. So, and I know for people that would like to learn uh, more of, uh, of you, Lee Dunsford, they can go to have a look at loandesk.com.au. You also, uh, I know, run your own uh, business, which is waddle.com.au. Would that be right? That's correct. W-A-D-D-L-E.com.au. So, look, uh, Lee Dunsford, thank you very much for spending your time, sharing your time with us, and uh, for yeah, sharing it with Flying Solo. Thanks. Beautiful. Thanks, Robert. Appreciate thank it. You. And that's where we'll leave this show from Flying Solo and your host, Robert Gerrish. We'd love to receive feedback, even a brief review for those listening via iTunes. If you're planning to start a business or rejuvenate the one you're in, check out our bestseller, Flying Solo, How to Go It Alone in Business. It includes everything you know about working on your own. And of course, we invite you to dive into the resources and supportive community at flyingsolo.com.au. 